Hello, hello, hello. We're just two normal dudes trying to live this Jesus life. My name's Josh. Hey, I'm Andrew, and we are This Jesus Life Podcast. Josh, we nailed that. Boom. We totally nailed that intro, man. We did. 91 episodes After a couple in, weeks off, I feel like, yeah, we... <laughs> when, the, when the intro like, music started, I'm like, pros. when the intro music got going, I'm like, we are not messing this thing up this time. I almost messaged you. We're about to crush this intro, but then I'm like, that's going to throw Josh off and we will not crush this intro. (laughs) When when it started, I had a brief moment of like, uh, ah, I know. I remember what I say. Yeah. We're good. Yeah. Dude, it's been a a couple weeks. I've had a pretty, I've had a pretty scarring morning. Um, Tell me about it. I would have my morning, my my morning daily uh, accomplishment. Uh, right. <laughs> cooking breakfast and felt felt some some rumblings so i went right, to the right. bathroom to relieve those rumblings and uh, there was a big <laughs> freaking spider in my toilet um, yeah. i'm talking like fangs uh, oh, monstrous like ready to attack i don't know how he was hanging on the water or he was oh, walking no. on water like jesus so you know he right, might have right. been a demon uh <laughs> uh spider i don't know but from now on, my downstairs bathroom is is out of commission. Like worm, yeah, I'm never using yeah. it again. <clears throat> That's the problem, though, man. If you leave it neglected for very long, that spider might multiply. Like you might be walking into many of those spiders if you like wait that. too long. You gotta go. In no there. joke, dude. Like, <laughs> the, the scariest movie I've ever watched in my entire life: Arachnophobia. <laughs> really? That no one way. ruined me. <laughs> That's ruined me. Yeah, that that was freaky. That was really freaky. Yeah. I don't even know what the scariest movie is uh, that I've watched, but one that really comes to mind is The Ring. Man, I remember seeing that. I was in like sixth or seventh grade when that came out. And my my girlfriend wanted like loved scary movies. And I was like, okay, like whatever. And we went and saw it. And I was just terrified for a long time like could not sleep multiple nights i'm like this is the worst i'm never wow. watching a scary movie again like dude yeah that I've girl crawling that out of the well all kick, 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 kick. Nope. like ugh, messed up messed nope. up nope i would yeah. never watch it uh, i don't see the yeah. point of scaring myself like that uh don't yeah. get the the highs from it no uh no when i was like seven if even that i don't remember my 19-year-old sister at the time, or however old she was, uh, thought it would be a great idea to show her younger brother the movie Scream right before we went to bed. Oh. And then oh, no. she wouldn't let me sleep in her bed. She would oh. sleep on the floor all by myself. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, that's uh, scary. That's scary for sure. That a, Dude. Um, was a terrifying night. <clears throat> I don't have any spider updates, except actually I do. I was, Jana had finished seeing a counseling client and uh, and she had met like them on Zoom. So she went downstairs and did a, it was last night in the evening, did an evening session with them, finished that up. And, uh, and she comes charging upstairs. She's like, there is a spider. You have to vacuum up or like you have to get right now on that bed downstairs because we have friends coming in a few days. And uh, yeah. dude, I went down and I'm like, oh, here it is. You know, I'm, she told me it went under this blanket. I moved it. It's like a huge, nasty, like thick 
wolf spider ish nope. thing. Nope. No hairs, but like thick body, you know, like not the type of spider nope. you want hanging out in a bed. So, man, I this thing like had not moved. So I'm like, oh, simple. It's going to be so easy. So I get the vacuum and I go to vacuum it up. And uh, as soon as I turn it on, this thing goes into like running mode all over the bed, like back and forth and back and forth. And nope. I eventually nope. I did get it. But I like it like darted under one of the pillows, which I'm like, oh, my gosh, if I get one of my friends bit on the head who are coming to visit, it's going to be terrible. Nope. I hope they don't listen to this. Uh, I but... feel like I feel like spiders. Spiders are like cockroaches. If you see yes. one, there's a thousand you don't see. They're around. <laughs> and they're we've been you. cleaning a lot. We've been cleaning up big time, though. We vacuumed a lot of little spiders. This was just one of the big ones. Oh. That's like, no, you can't stay. You gotta go. I so I did no. get it, Brian and Chelsea. You should be fine. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I'm man. glad. I'm glad oh. where I live and where I have lived in this city. Uh, has not had a ton of spiders. Like, I yeah, couldn't, couldn't do it, dude. I and I'm I not don't like, like spiders. Pansy yeah. man, they're like, I can't kill this. I'll kill that damn spider. Right. right. But then it's gonna run in my head of like, where's all his buddies? Did his buddies <laughs> see me kill the spider? Are they gonna wait? If until there's one, there's I probably more. No joke. <laughs> so I saw the spider. Right. Uh, I flushed the spider down yeah. the toilet because yeah, I think he went. Down, I hope he went down the toilet. I didn't actually see him go down the toilet. Um, but I'm gonna have to inspect that toilet before I ever sit on it again. Maybe I'll let somebody else sit on it first and just see how it goes. Uh, I'm just kidding. just uh, out there inviting somebody walking, into your house, like, "Hey, dude, can you come check uh-huh. out this toilet?" Like, hey, uh, just poop here, uh, right? And then I'm walking up the stairs, and my boxer shorts like pinched like a hair on my butt. I thought the spiders were coming after me. It's <laughs> like they're gonna get me now. Dude, you are like they found tonight. me. Oh man, yeah, was, that's bad. It was rough. I probably oh, brought it. Bad. We were camping this weekend. I probably brought it home with me. Uh, man, all that damn camping. It's probably exactly what it was. It's probably in that camping gear. Oh, that's uh, I, yeah, maybe you can believe that, but it probably was just in your house that whole time. <laughs> it was huge. Dude. Uh, he was a dude, healthy spider. I got. It's been a while, and I know we got to get into it in a minute here, but I. Uh, Okay, two chicken updates for you. Um, we just got new baby chicks, um, not oh, to replace wow. all the chickens, but we got six. One died because it had pasty butt, and I like it's a thing chicks get where I kept. Is that like all the, the official name? Pasty butt. Yeah, well, that's like it's the unofficial, but if you Google that, like a ton of like home chicken stuff of like here's how to deal with it comes up. Anyway, this one little baby chick didn't make it, which was sad, but we have five going strong. Um, And honestly, dude, when you buy baby chicks, they're always like, yeah, you should expect one or two to not make it. So anyway, had a good end of its life. But what motivated this is we went from 13 chickens down to 12, uh, unfortunately. And the ending was rather dramatic. Um, This one chicken had been sick. I'd been nursing her along for like two weeks, you know, at this point, like the the other chickens were picking on her cause they could tell she was weak. So I like made her own little spot. I was giving her extra like nutritious stuff to eat that the other chickens couldn't get to. I was letting her out extra so she could eat more bugs and do all that stuff. Well, one night, one, one afternoon, I let her and a couple other chickens out 
And, you know, it was like close to dinner time. So I went and put them back in. They've ranged plenty. But the one chicken was like, no, I'm not going back in yet. The one that had been sick. And uh, and I'm like, OK, I'll just put you in after dinner. It's like 515, you know, not dark, nothing close to dark, whatever. So <laughs> I went back there at six and I was calling for this chicken. She had been right around the coop calling for her, calling for her. And then I look down and man, I kid you not. It was like somebody had exploded a bag of feathers, like just, just feathers everywhere, man. <laughs> nothing but feathers, no blood, nothing. But hawk got it, dude, I think a hawk, you know what you need down, attacked this thing. Yep. And it was like, poof, you know, a ball of feathers yep. shooting in the air. Yeah, totally a hawk. Totally you know a hawk. Need? And, have you yeah. seen that? Have you seen that video of that little billy goat like protecting the what? chickens from a hawk? No, <laughs> you no. Need you need a goat to Dude. be like your protector, and he goes and like knocks into the, <laughs> that would the hawk. Be, that would be chicken. awesome. I, man, our girls would lose their minds if we haven't had a little goat. They would love that. Um, yeah, man. So anyway, went down to twelve chickens. Now I'm back up to seventeen. Lord willing that these little baby chicks make it all the way to egg laying age, but uh. Yeah, man, some chicken drama up in the Hannah house over here. But, you know, such is life. Such is life. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I've never had chicken drama before. Never experienced yeah. that. <laughs> well, you vicariously Maybe. get to get to live through it uh, on this podcast. Uh, but honestly, dude, I'm well, like, get... I'm going to give I'm going to make sure that I take care of these things, and give them a good life. But. They're also kind of demons to one another when they have the opportunity to be like, you know, they get a little hungry. They start eating their friends. One's a little bit weak. They start pecking them to death like they are not. Oh they're not kind little creatures. So I'm like, I'm going to I'm going to treat you guys well, but I know what you are. So if we go down one. Wow. Such is life. You're, so, you're much nicer. Yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be doing that. I'm like, dude, these <laughs> evil birds. I'm going to torture them. Uh, no way! Just, just no point. way! No way! Just kidding. I won't hurt uh, your birds. Don't, don't submit me to Peter or whatever. I know how well uh, you treat Jack. If you got chickens, you'd be like the nicest chicken owner ever. But all right, dude. Sorry, you keep trying to get into something. My dog, I keep interrupting you. My dog's a princess. Um, not right. only is he, he a really princess, is. Uh, he was running around my parents' backyard yesterday, uh, and he had like a little pounce to his step, like. It was very pompous in the way he was running. And I was like, I think he really does think he's a, he's like some kind of royalty or something. He's, he's a princess. A princess. Uh, that's funny. Now. I don't even know where he, I don't know where he slept last night. There was a pretty bad storm, so he freaks out when there's a storm. I don't know if he slept on my bed or went to one of his many beds throughout my house. It's probably my fault he's a princess. Uh, he has a pretty good yeah. life. Yeah. But yeah, before we life. get into the conversation for today, Andrew, uh, let's mm. talk a little bit about Dwell. Let's uh, talk about If you haven't had it. the opportunity yet to check out Dwell, um, Dwell is an audio Bible app um, that lives right on your phone. Um, you have it with you always. And for $39 a year, you have uh, access to passionate people that care about reading scripture. So it's not those monotone guys or it's not, you know, maybe even your own 
uh, voice in your head, um, but it's a great tool to start foster relationship with Jesus. Now, when we read scripture or listen to scripture, we don't do it just to do it. Um, it isn't a task to be completed. Right, right. Um, it's a jumping off point for conversation. Um, it's a tool to foster relationship with the Most High. Um, so if you haven't had an opportunity right. to check out Dwell yet, definitely check it out. This is JesusLifePodcast.com forward slash Dwell. Dwell. This Jesus Life Podcast forward slash Dwell. Dwell. Name's both podcast, right. right? Somebody yeah. texted me a couple weeks ago and says, hey, isn't this the right link? And I was like, it would be if it you spelled podcast right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> ah, that's funny. Uh, so that's funny. Check they texted out. that. Uh, they texted that. And then uh, it did an autocorrect for them. Or, you know, they had that squiggly line under oh, there yeah, when yeah. they sent the text. And they're still like, no, well, I'm prob- committed to saying podcast. P-O-O-D. <laughs> it was probably... <laughs> It was probably like because it's a URL. It just doesn't like check it. <laughs> right. Just, right. Right, right, right. Whatever. <clears throat> but yeah, definitely, definitely check it out. And for those that have, you know, we greatly appreciate it. You know, just yes. you know, all transparency. We do get a little bit of kickback um, for right. everyone that signs up. But that helps us pay for this podcast. Uh, podcasts mm-hmm. aren't free to put on. No. Uh, so that's really all you're helping us do. So we appreciate yeah. it. Thanks for checking them out. Um, we think it's a great tool or we wouldn't bring it to you. Uh, but definitely check out Dwell. Andrew, That's right. dude. Yes. What are we talking about? Well, today is our, you know, continuation of summer season, my friend, which uh, you and I have been on a lot of adventures and doing a lot of things. And uh, we have a great series coming, <laughs> forthcoming. And I know last time we talked, I set it up as like, next conversation is the start of our series. You know what? It's not. I was wrong. <laughs> I can't predict the future all the time. Uh, So today we're going to talk about um, one of my probably my very favorite psalm or my second favorite psalm. And and it's something that like, man, it kind of became one of the favorites for me uh, throughout COVID and throughout the season of like, you remember when uh, like my daughter was about to be born, my youngest one. And, uh, and I found out I was getting let go. Um, I hadn't done anything wrong. My, we just had a big reorg and my job was, uh, being eliminated. So I had like a couple months to find a new job, but I found that out literally, I think it was like four days before my youngest was born. So Jana was super pregnant. Um, COVID was happening. This reorg was happening, found out, uh, my job was going away, like a lot of uncertainty in life. And I think that's when Psalm 46, uh, really grabbed me. And like, um, I don't know how I came across it or happened to read it at that time, but I did right around that same moment. And ever since it's been like on my mind frequently, uh, in, in different places, you know, um, maybe small moments of worry, big moments of worry, whatever. Like it's one of those things that I keep coming back to. So um, I don't know, should I jump in and and read Psalm 46 or or some of it? Um, Yeah, I'll do that. So let me just read the first, like a chunk here of it. Um, And then Josh and I are just going to kind of react and see where this conversation goes and, and what the Holy Spirit, you know, decides to lead us into or not. This could be an incredibly short podcast, uh, or we might have a great conversation, but we're going to lean on the Holy Spirit and see what happens. So this is what it says. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. 
Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth should change and the mountains slip into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains quake at its swelling pride. Selah. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy dwelling place of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She will not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations made an uproar. The kingdoms totter, tottered. The, they, he raised his voice. The earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. Selah. Come, behold the works of the Lord. He has wrought desolations in the earth. He makes wars to cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and cuts the spear in two. He burns the chariots with fire. Cease striving and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. That's it. I didn't read just a chunk. I read the whole thing. Uh, Cause why not? It's it's pretty short, um, man. Uh, before I keep talking, I have one thing to say. But did uh, what grabbed you in that? Did anything stand out to you in in Psalm forty six, my friend? Yeah, I think this is true of. I think it's true of a lot of the the different psalms throughout uh, the entire book, whether David wrote them or somebody else. Like, mm-hmm. there's a depth of relationship. Um, that is a foundation to what they're saying. Um, yeah. That I think, like, I have this conversation all the time within our circles, but, um, like, we, we talk about relationship as a church, you know, relationship with God, like, this is a personal yeah. thing. It's not just a religion, blah, 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 blah. But we don't talk about the depth of re- relationship required, um, to be able to say these words and then be true. Right? Like, yeah. We can say them from a knowledge standpoint. I can say, yeah, of course, God is my refuge and strength. Like, of course, um, God is with me. Of course, God is bigger than these things. Of course, I don't have to worry about, mm. you know, the earth falling, you know, giving away or circumstances of life becoming over. Like, from a knowledge standpoint, yeah, of course, this is true. Um, but from a heart standpoint, and really trusting and believing it like there's a depth of uh, relationship you have to have with God. And that takes time. It takes intentionality. It doesn't happen overnight um, to be able to get to these places where, you know, these words, not only do they from a head knowledge standpoint say, yeah, scripture says they're true. So they're true. But from a heart position of like, no, these are true because like I've experienced them and believed them to be true. Like they're, they're a part of who I am because it's, you know, it's got in me kind of thing. <clears throat> and I think that's the piece that we often miss. Like I was having a conversation with someone a couple of weeks ago um, about just trusting God. And, um, you know, their response was like, well, of course I trust God. Like, mm-hmm. why wouldn't you trust God? And I was like, but like saying you trust God and actually trusting God are, are drastically different things. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of us confuse those things and, and convince ourselves that we actually trust God. When in reality, if we, we watch our actions, we watch how our brains operate or how our thoughts go through our head, um, we don't we don't actually trust God um, because we just haven't taken the time to foster relationship um, with God uh, at the at the deeper levels um, required to be able to say these things to be true. But that was yeah. my first thoughts, Andrew. How about you? Dude, that's a good point. And 
That's that's a great point. And building on that, I should have looked up who wrote Psalm 46. I was trying to do that real fast, but uh, I don't know. But like the the reality, you know, the background, some of the background story on David that we know from the Old Testament was like his rise to being king of Israel was not a simple one. <laughs> like, and it could have been more simple. Um, he could have probably very rightly just like taken out Saul um, on his own, but that's not what he did. Cause he's like, that's not how I'm getting to power. I'm going to honor God and let God do this in his time. Um, and like for a while there, David was literally like chased around the country by Saul's army and Saul himself as well. And David, like literally to the point of like, no, we're coming to kill you. Like, we're going to find you. You can hide in any cave you want. We're going to find you and kill you. Meanwhile, God had been doing these radical things in David's life. And and like he had literal opportunities where like he was in a cave one time. Saul was laying there asleep. And instead of um, killing Saul, like pretty much anybody would do in most stories to get to power of like, I'm going to secede this guy's King. If I just take him out, he just cut off a piece of his robe to show him like, no, I could have. And I didn't, I don't want to harm you, you know, but all that to say, like that was one moment in his journey, but he was being chased around by a bunch of people trying to kill him, like with everything they could trying to find and kill him. So when he's writing from this depth of relationship of like, no, I trust God, God can do anything, you know, and God will protect me. A lot of Psalms are like, God, my enemies are at the door. They're trying to take me out. I am totally relying on you for protection because if it's just me, I'm going to die. You know, like it's an intense level of needing to trust God that this comes out of. And um, I don't know, man, bring it more, more present. Like, it just, it launches with like, God is our refuge and strength a very present help in trouble. And I like that, like that, that is meaningful to me because like we talk about, you know, you can put on your, your church hat or your theology t- hat and talk about God being omniscient, omnipotent and omnipresent. That omnipresent one is like everywhere at once all the time. And, and the reality is God, I believe God is very present, present in our life. Um, always like he is, he's always around us, always with us. Um, and, and I think it's more on us of whether we acknowledge that and believe that and, and look for him in our lives, or we just kind of hang out and assume he's not paying attention. Um, but I like that it says a very present help in time of trouble, uh, in times of trouble. Cause like, man, in my experience, Times of trouble tend to be what what kind of reveal um, what's already there. You know, like uh, are you are you going to be strong in in a in a good moment and then really weak in in a time of trouble, um, or are you going to be strong and still have faith when you actually need it? Of like, hey, God is present. God is in this situation. God is working in it, and He's gonna He's gonna do uh, His will in it and provide. He's gonna lead to his will being done no matter what. Um, it's just easy to, it's easy for me to, to consider in a time of trouble, like, no, I just better take this into my control. You know, I better, I better fix this when probably the proper response is like, no, I'm going to first like 
pause and pray and let it out and say, God, this is what's really happening. Um, I'm freaked out. <laughs> you know, this is what's going on and this is where I need you. And then, then do as, as God leads you to do. But, um, it's a lot easier for me to move towards that. Like I'm going to be worried and, and I'm going to try to fix it on my own than it is to, uh, jump into like, no, I trust God. Even when it's hard, I trust God, even when I'm being pressed, you know, in a, in a way that is uncomfortable, um, to say, yeah. but yeah, man, deep well, relationship. Too, like, yeah. Yeah. And like when, when everything's falling around you, right. Circumstances seem to be overwhelming. Um, it feels like, you know, your enemies at, at the, you know, just behind the door kind of thing and everything's falling apart. Like I think of, and Andrew and I were talking about, you know, this psalm before uh, we started and we decided between 46 and 23, we went with 46, but in Psalm 23, and maybe you've heard the psalm, it's a, it's a famous psalm, or maybe you've heard a song, you know, saying from the song, there's plenty of those as well, but in, there's a, there's a statement in here that I think is, I think it's a powerful image of what's going on, um, but in Psalm 23 and verse five, he says, you, know, you prepare a table. This is David, by the way, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Um, and like, just put yourself in that situation for a second of like the circumstances, the harm, um, the people, all those, all those things, you know, kind of coming at you. And you can just picture yourself sitting at a table across from Jesus and, and Jesus isn't necessarily fighting those things from getting close He's looking you in the eyes and he's, he's putting up the two fingers and pointing to your eyes and his eyes and says, look at me, right? Just keep looking at me. Um, don't take your eyes off of me. Um, yep. Like these are going to keep coming. They're going to keep, they're going to keep throwing spears. It's going to keep happening, but I want you to keep looking at me. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's the imagery that, that 46 hits as well is like, just keep looking at me. Um, like foster this relationship, keep, keep digging in here. I'm going to take care of you. It's going to be okay. Even if it doesn't turn out like you thought it was going to, I promise you it's going to turn out for your good. Um, yeah. Just keep looking at me. <clears throat> and I think that's where, where we get, um, that's where we get to this place in, in, in relationship with Jesus where the circumstances of life don't have an effect on you like they did before. And you're able to have hope regardless of what's going on around you because you know, you're, you're with your Jesus, right? Like Jesus is there. He's, he's walking with you and you're not having to, um, uh, worry or, or, or let the anxiety take over of everything going on. Um, because you know, he's, he's got you. But, but the other piece of that is like, that takes time. Um, relationship doesn't happen overnight. And, you know, we think of, you know, you could be married for, for 30 years, right? Um, and in that 30 years, if you weren't intentional with your time, with your spouse, the chances that you know them really well, it, it may be there, but it may not as well. But the depth of relationship where you feel safe yeah. uh, in that relationship, where um, you find comfort in that relationship, where they do function as your best friend, that takes attentionality, right? Like that doesn't yeah. happen overnight. Yeah. Um, and it's the same thing with Jesus. You know, there's people that have, you know, gave their life to Jesus 30 plus years ago that don't know Jesus well today. Um, we would call yeah. them spiritual infants or spiritual children um, in, in Hill City circles, right? Like um, they just never learned how to foster a relationship with Jesus. So they've never found growth. They, they've never moved yeah. past the same struggles that they've been struggling with their whole life because they never let Jesus take over that sanctification process. They've been trying to do it on their own this whole time. 
Um, but there's power. And I know too, like, and I've said this on the podcast, like if our one role is to foster relationship with Jesus and be a, you know, an active participant in that relationship, but letting him lead it, like that seems passive. You're like, but I have all these things I have to deal with. I know we all do. So did David. David was a man after God's own heart. And, you know, mm-hmm. David, David screwed up royally. Not only did he screw up royally yeah. in the process of hiding it, he had somebody killed, right? Yeah. Like, and this is a man after God's own heart. Well, David knew how to do relationship with Jesus. That's what mattered. You know, I think of, you know, when Jesus says, you know, away from me for I never knew you at judgment. Um, that comes down to like, it, it, sure, God knows you. He knows every hair. He knows everything about you. That's not the point. He's saying relationally, I don't know who you are. We haven't spent yeah. any time together. Um, and that's where this, that's where the key of all this is. It lives like that's why Jesus went to the cross is to restore relationship. Um, that's why sins had to be forgiven. So relationship can be restored. And we just don't take the time to invest in um, that relationship to get to those, those places where we can look at Jesus and be like, God, everything's falling around, you know, around me, but I'm going to look directly at you. I'm going to keep my eyes focused on you. It feels like the earth is giving away. You know, the mountains are falling into the sea. It feels like the storm is raging all around me, but you're my yeah. God and my eyes are on you, right? Yeah. Same thing with, with uh, Peter in, in walking on water in the Sea of Galilee. You know, he starts to sink when he starts to sink when he took, took his eyes off of Jesus. Uh, and Jesus says, look at me. Um, yeah. And I think so much of this is, and it's the secret sauce of Christian faith. This is how we find maturity. This is how we find stability. This is how we find growth, but it's not easy, right? Yeah. We can, we can describe it of like, yeah, this is, yeah, this is it. This is so simple, but relationship takes time. Relationship takes intentionality. Relationship takes trust, vulnerability, humility, all of these things. Um, and this is why, you know, in my circles, we say Christians be, should be relational experts. There should be nobody on this earth that does relationships better than us um, with each yeah. other and with God. Um, we should yeah. we should be the the gold standard of how relationships should be done. Um, I yeah. wish it was true all the time. It's not. We, we have plenty of harm in, in our wake. But, um, you know, at least in, in my circles, we're trying to do it better. Um, and trying to actually live this thing out um, and foster yeah. relationship with God. So we can read these verses. And not only do we say they're true in our head, but we say they're true in our heart. And we can be still and know that he is God and sit in the presence of God um, because of what Jesus did on the cross. Yeah. Um, but that all takes time. Andrew, I think that was longer than 30 seconds to cover wherever the heck you took off to. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> My dog was barking because she was like trapped around oh, she got Clementine. On something she was totally fine she was just like making a lot of noise so i'm like okay i better go get her Poor um man i think right along with that point and maybe just the same thing from a slightly different lens that like uh verse 10 towards the end that cease striving and know that i am god um like it, that's followed by like i'm gonna be exalted among the nations i'm gonna be exalted among the earth i being god not you and me. Um, but it's like a lot of this stuff is super dramatic. Like the mountains are being thrown into the heart of the sea. Like wars are happening everywhere. God makes the wars cease, like really big things happen. Um, and then God moves so that people can't say I'm on the throne or I did that. Um, people can say that, but, uh, they, they will be wrong. (laughs) Like, I think, when we try to take God off of his throne in our lives and put ourselves there instead, 
or put anything else there instead. Um, at some point, God will dethrone that thing that isn't him, you know? And, and we know like from the Bible, at some point, every knee will bow, like every tongue confess, will confess um, that, that Christ is Lord. Like it, it's a lot better to do it in this life. It's a lot better to do it when you can choose it. But at some point, every knee is going to bow, you know, and every, every knees, everyone is going to acknowledge the Lordship of, of God. Like, yeah, you are over all and in all and through all. And, uh, and I think that in our lives, God gives us, no matter where we're at, no matter whether we're followers of Christ or not yet <clears throat> followers of Christ, like I think God gives us plenty of opportunities to be humbled and to, to see God as God um, and to see us in the place that we should be in um, so that we can exalt him and be like, wow, no, like I don't have to be God. That's God. Like, I'm not God. I'm just a person. I'm, I'm made in his image, but I'm not him. Um, but that that starts in this with like cease striving and know that I'm God. Like slow down for a minute. Let your ambition cool off and realize you're not God. Like it's it's not all up to you. And is it is all up to God. So I don't know if that makes any sense as a point, but uh, um, basically just saying like God will be exalted in our lives one way or another. And, um, and I think he gives us a lot of opportunities to, to acknowledge that and to realize, uh, what our place is as opposed to him, you know? Um, I don't know. Does that make sense, man? Yeah, that's good. That's good. I think too, like the question becomes, you know, when you recognize you're not actually fostering a relationship with God, like the question then becomes, well, how do I do it? Right. It doesn't happen overnight. It takes time. Um, you know, I had a conversation with somebody not that long ago and, um, and they were commenting on a different conversation that I had with, with somebody else about just what God was teaching us and, and we're moving. Uh, and this other person, you know, said I, I would kill to have that. And, and, and my hmm. response to them was like, sure, everyone would, but what what you're seeing isn't 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 didn't just happen overnight it isn't because we're special right. or you know right. we we you know god loves us more or something like that is that was a, that's a lot of years of fostering relationship with god and you're seeing the result of those years but it was a lot of years to get to this place right like starting to foster a relationship with jesus in the beginning is awkward just like it is with a friend at times like you run out of things to talk about you don't know where to go in the conversation um, you don't know if uh, you're on the same wavelength or, or making sense to each other. Um, you know, you have those moments where, you know, there's just awkward pauses, right? All those things are true. Relationships, relationship. Mm -hmm. God plays by the same rules um, that relationship with humans. Um, we foster relationship with God in, in very similar ways. Um, so it takes time. It takes time for you to be vulnerable. It takes time for you to be honest. It takes time for you willing to talk about things that maybe you know, are uncomfortable to talk about with God. Um, and you could say, well, I talk to God about everything. My guess is probably you don't, at least not to the depth that you need to. Um, you may be like, mm -hmm. God, forgive me for, for, you know, whatever the sin is. And that's where you leave it. Well, why don't you talk deeper in that? Why do you mm -hmm. think um, you, you go to that sin? Why do you, uh, 
feel like you're constantly struggling with the same things? Um, what might be the underlying cause? Like talk to God about those things um, and let the depth of it go. And like, it's the same thing with like, you know, you've heard the statement, if you spent any time in the church, like just give it to God and forget or whatever the statement is. Um, right. You're like, sure. But most of the time of giving it to God is like, God, I'm worried I'm going to lose my job or I'm, I'm worried I can't find a new job. And that's where we leave it. How about instead of that prayer, the prayer is, God, I'm, I'm terrified that that I'm being seen as a failure right now. I'm terrified that my wife and my kids or that my um, you know friends and my circles, they're looking at me and saying, man, he he's actually failing at life. Uh, or God, I'm, I'm worried that I'm never going to be able to prepare, you know. You know, provide for my family or for the needs that I have. Um, God, and I'm going to end up back on my parent. Like, talk through all those those fears that are that are gripping your heart, um, and and get into the depth of the conversation in those places. You'll be blown away at at how much God takes off your shoulders when you just let it out, right? You know, He says that his his yoke is easy and his burden is light. I don't know if I said this on the podcast yet, but um, there's a book called Gentle and Lowly that our leadership team's been reading. Oh, yeah, one of the statements in it. Uh, the books, the books, okay. The opening okay. chapters are a lot better than the ending chapters, but um, there's a statement in the opening chapters that says, you know, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. The way that this can be translated is like, you know, what helium does to a balloon, um, God does to, to the burdens of your life. Uh, hmm. Like it should be, it should feel like it's being lifted off and it's not, then you're doing it wrong. Um, and I don't cool. say that in a condom, wow. condom, con. And whatever that word is that I can't think of in the moment, condemning way. Um, I, I say that in, in a hopeful way of like, there's a better way to do this. Um, you know, instead of focusing on everything around you, going back to, you know, Psalm 23, when, when the world seems to be attacking you from every direction, keep your eyes on Jesus, meaning keep, keep your, your conversations with Jesus, uh, uh, constantly going, keep, keep going back and looking for more ways where he can be more vulnerable and more honest in those conversations. Um, making sure that there's time throughout the day that you are having these conversations with Jesus. And you're going to be blown away when Jesus, when you start to understand Jesus talking back, right? And now you're in yeah. a conversation. It takes time. Doesn't happen overnight, but keep pushing into those things. Keep pushing past the awkwardness. You're going to be yeah. blown away by how much, and we'll talk about this in a couple of weeks, but I, I think my favorite story in scripture right now is the mm -hmm. woman at the well. Oh, like, cool. This is the moment Jesus is now declaring that he is uh, he is the son of God and you know, was counting on this woman to go and tell the world um, that he is the son of God. And it all started in Samaria. Hmm. But uh, in the in the midst of that that conversation, um, just the depth of relationship that so quickly gets formed um, hmm. in that moment, like. Um, she was blown away by, you know, this guy that was able to tell me everything wrong I've ever done. Yeah. Um, but it yep. was the care that Jesus had in that moment of mm -hmm. like, here's, here's the outsider. And like, this is the same way God pursues us. Um, no mm -hmm. matter what you've done, no matter what you're doing in the midst of yeah. it, like God is, is chasing you, um, in the, in those places. So, you know, you can keep my, you know, keep your eyes on him. Yeah. Keep, keep focusing yeah. on him. Um, don't lose that focus. I think where we get in trouble is we let the tasks of relationship become the relationship. So I read yeah. the Bible all the time. Um, I pray. And when I pray, it's more, you know, transactional in nature. I, I fast sometimes I, I give to my church. I, I serve all those things. You're like, yeah, that's what good Christians do. But like, if you're doing these things outside of relationship, I would argue, what's the point? Right. Hmm. Sure. You're you look like a better Christian. You look like a better person. You're living morally fantastic. Awesome. Um, 
But my fear for you, if you're not fostering a relationship with Jesus, is one day you're going to stand before Jesus and go, like, I, I never knew you. I didn't like, know I you. I never knew your heart. Yeah. You never you never gave it to me. Um, yeah. So, you know, do I, do I think that affects your salvation? I don't. Like, Jesus is Jesus is salvation. If you call him Lord, you know, confess with your mouth that he is, you know, he did what he said he was going to do and is who he said he was. Um, that, then you're saved, but you miss out on so much life you could have experienced with Christ mm-hmm. in this side of heaven um, and, you know, the effects of that on the other side of heaven. But I, yeah. I think there's that piece too of like, I don't want you to get to a place where you're like, man, I, I wasted my life. Um, mm-hmm. I, I I did all the right things and I, I didn't actually ever know God. Um, right. And you can know God, which is mind-boggling in itself. Um, and, yes. you know, you can keep knowing God. And the deeper you go, the more there is to know and all those things. But look for those ways. And this is why we push dwell. You know, sure, you know, we get yeah. kickback from it and those kinds of things. But, like, we push it because we think it's a great tool. And that tool should lead to conversation. That's the biggest key, right? Like, if it's not conversation, you're doing it wrong. Um, like, it shouldn't feel sterile. It should feel relational. Um, it should feel uh vulnerable it should feel like you're giving like all those things um the same things that relationship have do the same things with god um, but this is why we push these kind of tools because we think they're helpful um especially for those who are like well i just i can't read my bible awesome listen to it everybody takes a shower um you know andrew for months there was listening to scripture in the shower yeah i still do like, a like, lot of a place yeah yeah and then and then jump off from there like when mm-hmm. something jumps out to you, just talk to God about it. And the question yep. would be like, God, why, why did that, that's the statement that you know was just said, why did that kick off to me? I don't, I don't fully understand it. Can we talk about that? Um, and just start talking. Um, yeah. You know, and it's yeah. going to be one side of it first, or it's going to feel one side of it first. It's going to change over time, um, but keep pushing into it. I think that's the biggest hurdle for Christians. We don't keep pushing into it and things start to, you know, uh, yeah. we, we think we're doing it wrong somewhere along the way. So we just stop doing it. Um, and yep. unfortunately relationship takes time. Um, mm-hmm. your growth takes time, right? Like you're going to learn how to foster relationship, being an active participant in that relationship. Yeah. Um, and he's going to ask you to do small little things here and there. Um, mm-hmm. and it's going to take a while for you to, yeah. to start to recognize even the growth in that, right? It takes yeah. time. Time is okay. Yeah. Time is not the enemy. Um, just lean into it. Keep leaning into yeah. it. All right. Andrew, yeah. I feel like I've been talking forever. You know what, dude? It's been really good. I'm glad you were talking for a few minutes. It's really good. And uh, and that idea of like feeling his yoke is easy and burdens like feeling like a balloon filled with helium, you know, gently lifting off. Like that's a pretty awesome analogy. And I'm glad you brought that up. Um, I don't know. I, I guess my final thought is just simply that um, man, like we, you, you don't get to this place of deep trust in God. At least I don't, I can't speak for everybody. You don't get it to a place of deep trust in God in your life. Um, overnight, like for me, I wouldn't say I have a deep trust in God. I still worry way too much about things I shouldn't worry about. You know, I've seen God show up in my life time and time again, and I'm still often learning, learning the lesson of like, no, you don't need to worry about tomorrow. Uh, today has enough worries of its own. You know, Jesus said that uh, a bunch of times. Uh, that's why it's in the Sermon on the Mount. And um, like, I, I still forget that stuff all the time. And you know what? If I was being chased around by a bunch of people trying to murder me for whatever reason, like David was, I don't know uh, how I would react at this moment. But 
I do know God has spent a lot of time in my life teaching me that he is faithful, teaching me what priorities in my life need to be uh, of relationship with God and relationship with my wife and being a great dad after that and being a great friend and family member after that. Um, like he's, he's ordered these things and he slowly taught me these things over time. And, um, you know, I think he teaches us things slowly so that, that it can actually sink in. I think he builds a level of trust with us slowly so that it can actually sink in. So, um, if you're listening to this and thinking like, man, I barely, barely trust God. Like, well, that's probably better than, than it was a while ago. You probably didn't trust him at all a while ago. So barely trusting God is a whole lot better than not at all. And, you know, give it some time and keep leaning in and you might really trust God uh, down the road. I might trust God at a deeper level down the road if I keep leaning into relationship. Like this thing is is a marathon, this life. It's not a sprint. And and we know we have today because we're in it, you know. So in today, in right now, take a minute, maybe bust out your Bible, open up Google, whatever you got to do, but look up Psalm 46, read it. Listen to it. Check it out a few times this week. See if anything grabs you each time you read it and pray about that thing like Josh was talking about. Um, And and trust God because, man, the nations are always in an uproar. (laughs) I can't remember a time things weren't in an uproar uh, since I paid attention to the news at all. It's always in an uproar. That's that's life. Like There's always something to be um, angry about or frustrated by or upset about. But you know what? God is in control. Uh, he is steering this ship at, on a on a large scale in a way that we can't fully understand. But but God is always in control. God is always present in our lives. Um, and and Psalm forty six is something that brings that back into my mind in a real way. Uh, anytime I think about it or read it or pray through it. Um, so thanks for thanks for diving in to one of my favorite psalms uh, as a ad hoc summer series episode, my friend. Uh, do you have any final no. thoughts or um, are you feeling good? Yeah. Sweet. No, I do have one final thought. The The point that I brought up, the the only reason I brought up the woman at the well, and I forgot to even mention it. Yeah. But Jesus has this conversation with the woman at the well um, and he asks her for, for a drink of water and she says, mm-hmm. you know, you have nothing to pull the water. And he said, but, and then he identifies himself as the, the Messiah and then he said he makes a statement in that conversation that says, "You know, the water I give you, you'll never thirst again." Um, mm-hmm. And I believe that today wholeheartedly. That if you learn mm-hmm. how to foster a relationship with Jesus, you will never thirst again. Um, and mm-hmm. I don't say that lightly. I know it's hard, um, but I'm sitting in a season of life, and I've been sitting here for for a couple of years now, where I never thirst again. I don't think Christianity has to be you know, highs and lows. I think that's actually a poor version of Christianity. I think we can generally sit at a high um, the majority of our life, regardless of what's going on around us. Uh, if we just learn how to keep our eyes focused on Jesus and in relationship with Jesus, um, like you can have a life where you never thirst again. Um, it's possible. It's doable. I'm, and I'm, I'm not the only one. There's plenty of people in my circles that are living the same life right now as well. So. Yeah. yeah. Keep chasing after Jesus. Um, chase that living water. Uh, foster right. relationship with Jesus. Um, take the time. Use tools like dwell. This Jesus life podcast.com forward slash dwell. Uh, mm-hmm. And those types of things or the Bible app or whatever. There's plenty of tools out there to help you foster relationship with Jesus. Um, but yeah, that's my last thoughts, Andrew. 
That's solid, as always, bro. buddy. I'm hoping next our next season or series. I think it's gonna be a fantastic I, one. If we I think can it's just get kick our off soon. Line I think we're gonna get them, the we're gonna get them ordered to do. <laughs> That's right. To be able to produce this thing, uh, it's coming. Make I promise. It it's gonna be all about Jesus. It's coming. Uh, it's, it's coming. It's right guys. around the corner. We hope starting next week, but if not, <laughs> come back anyways and just it's hear, coming. Hear our fantastic rant about whatever, um, or maybe it's another replay and you can take a listen to one of our favorite old, you know, old episodes. Um, either way, it's going to be good content. Come back, check us out, um, share us with your friends. All those things that are uh, outro says that you probably stop listening to because it's the same thing every week. Um, but that's fine. Uh, we we don't feel super offended by it, but we do feel a little no. bit offended by it that you stop listening to us. But yeah. <laughs> Andrew, as always, my buddy, uh, it's good to see you. Sorry, I was just kind of stalling for our outro to fully kick yeah, in. It's good to uh, see you. And that's really, that was really <laughs> it. All right, we'll see you, dude. <laughs> see you, dude. Thanks for listening to our show. It really means a lot to us, and we hope that it helps bring you closer in your relationship with Jesus and with other people. And it also helps us out if you rate our podcast or leave us a review on whatever platform you're listening on. You can also follow us on Instagram and the Facebook. Now, sharing this with your friends isn't just to get the word out of the podcast. We believe that we have the message of hope that's found in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you sharing this has the ability to transform the lives of the people around you. We want to hear from you. You can email us at hello at thisjesuslifepodcast.com. You can message us on Facebook and Instagram, or you can just visit us at thisjesuslifepodcast.com. But seriously, thanks for listening.